everyone. My name is Maria Thomas, and I work for Allianz Research, the global team of economists, strategists, sector advisors, and foresight experts of the Allianz Group, led by Ludovic Subron. Welcome to Tomorrow, a podcast where we'll be talking about our latest analyses of economic and capital market developments, as well as our views on trends affecting risk management. Let's get started. The war in Ukraine has disrupted food supply chains, sending food prices up a staggering 56% compared to the end of 2019. This situation could spark social unrest in several emerging markets. In this episode, we find out which countries are most at risk and what that means for policymakers with Patricia Pelayo-Romero and Aurelien Dutois from Allianz Research. Hello, Aurelien and Patricia. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi, Maria. Happy to be back. You write in our recent report that the war in Ukraine has created the perfect storm in global food markets. Can you tell us more about this? Yeah, we have indeed a perfect storm in global food markets because the war in Ukraine has brought uh, volatility to markets that were already shaken. Even before uh, even before the war, we had agricultural food prices jumping by more than 30% last year. And it was not just about uh, a technical rebound in prices from 2020. It was a real trend building up with agri- agricultural food prices at the highest levels in 10 years. It's important to, uh, to keep in mind this to understand why the war is having such an impact on food prices. Uh, to put it simply, there were two main drivers uh, behind the past uh, price surge. Factor number one was a classical problem of supply, demand, and inventory levels. What we had basically was that uh, prices were going up because crop yields were low uh, for many commodities, demand was holding a, holding a firm, and uh, inventory levels were going down. That's true. That was true for cereals especially. Factor number two was the surge in fertilizer prices, fertilizers derived from gas, especially, uh, such as ammonia. Um, They were made more expensive because gas prices sold last year and chemical companies passed as much of increase uh, in gas prices as they could onto their own prices. And so uh, further down the chain, we had farmers increasing their own prices to compensate for rising uh, fertilizer prices. And now we have, uh, as you say, this perfect storm because the war in Ukraine is adding stress on both factors, on supply and demand first, because Russia and Ukraine together are huge cereal producers. Uh, They supply about 30% of all traded wheat, for instance. And then on input prices, because gas prices are trading even higher and that uh, fertilizers are becoming even more expensive. Uh, It's important to to bear in mind the, the ripple effect the war is having on overall food prices. Typically, if wheat gets more expensive, uh, then a fraction of demand will turn to rice, for instance, and rice prices will uh, go up in the short term. If sunflower oil, oil price goes up, people will switch to olive oil, whose prices will go up too. And uh, if fertilizers are too expensive, farmers may reduce their purchases and yields will decline, etc. So it's really important to understand this chain reaction that goes well beyond Ukraine and Russia and well beyond uh, the commodities they export. And so are you already seeing these higher commodity costs visible in food prices at stores? Unfortunately, definitely, yes. They are uh, nearly everywhere in retail prices. Uh, If we compare with the beginning of last year in Europe, we find that prices for bread, for instance, have grown by 13%, 23% for flowers, 26% for oils, etc. So we are seeing double-digit price growth for food staples. When it comes to processed food specifically, commodity prices are only uh, part of the equation. It's only part of the factors pushing prices higher. If you look all along the value chain, 
you'll see that processed food companies are also struggling with rising transport, packaging, or labor costs. My point is that uh, it's not only about ag higher agricultural food prices. There are different factors at play. And if we listen to what transport, chemicals, or packaging companies are saying, then we must brace for higher processed food prices ahead. Um, overall, for Europe, we, uh, we compute, uh, we estimate that uh, food retail prices could grow by nearly 10% this year. Uh, the reason behind uh, higher retail prices is pretty, uh, it's pretty easy to understand. Purchased goods, they account for uh, somewhere around 75% of the operating expenses, expenses of the average food retailer. If the price paid by retailers for those goods goes up by 10 or 15% and retailers do not adjust their own prices, then they basically they are losing money uh, real fast. Uh, profit margins in the, uh, in the food retail industry are, are low. They're in most cases around uh, 3 to 5% of sales in Europe. And this is why we observe that uh, in the long run, food retail prices incorporate most of the increase in food producer prices. Okay, so what will this mean for households in 2022? Um, we looked at food prices from a slightly different angle on how it could affect um, consumption and the income available for consumption. Um, specifically, we looked at food consumption as a percentage of total consumption. And we found the most uh, vulnerable countries to be where there is a high portion of consumption dedicated to food expenditures and where food inflation is much higher than normal. Um, assessing this requires... Very simple maths. If you dedicated 25% of your consumption to food, and it so happens that your grocery bill becomes 425% more expensive than it did last year, you would effectively lose 100% of your purchasing power, all else equal. Um, so imagine you have 100 liras, and your food consumption used to take up 25 of those 100 liras. Now, the same grocery bill comes at 106 liras. Before you leave the supermarket, your 100 liras are over and you either have to cut in consumption or eat into your savings or if you have them, get it, uh, if you have the, the savings available or, if, or uh, if you have the possibility, you get into debt. Either way, it's not a very pretty scenario, but it is one that the average Turkish household is going through. Um, Argentina, for example, also dedicated 23% of their consumption to food and their food CPI is currently at over 50% uh, year-on-year um, that, um, compared to last year. Um, it means that in the past 12 months, they basically lost 12% of their purchasing power. Um, similarly, this pattern is repeated in Lebanon, Egypt, Nigeria, countries that are emerging economies but not the most vulnerable. If we look at the situation in uh, countries in the Horn of Africa or Yemen, for example, uh, the situation is much, much worse. There is uh, much work to be done uh, to help households shoulder the financial burden of, well, food. So how can policymakers help in this situation? It's been a tough couple of years. We go from a pandemic to a war. And during the pandemic, despite uh, the fact that we saw a fall in GDP per capita growth, in countries where fiscal support was high, we saw an increase in disposable income. And in countries where um, 
there was a more modest support, we saw a fall in disposable income, um, much like in my home country of Mexico. Um, the fiscal support definitely cushioned the blow, but not without increasing fiscal deficits. But as high food prices exert pressure on households, governments need to take action to ensure food security and limit social risk. Governments need to be cautious in withdrawing pandemic support, especially for the poorer households. Let's also remember that fiscal support during the pandemic allowed countries to limit the rise in poverty and created the opportunity to expand social safety nets and introduce innovation on social protection programs. This is something that should be kept alive. Um, the global food price shock is a particular concern for countries that are net food importers or net importers of certain food items that have become scarce due to the war in Ukraine, such as grain or um, even certain oils. In particular, emerging economies often have limited capacity to replace food imports with substitutes, and adjustments to the price shock could lead to lower food availability and raise the risk of social unrest. It could even lead to the fall of governments, as it happened during the Arab Spring, uh, those protests that uh, happened in the early 2010s, when there was a similar um, increase in global food prices. So surging food prices can also push weaker economies with um, balance of payments or debt sustainability concerns over the edge into a food crisis, as was the recent example of Sri Lanka. Um, Sri Lanka was already highly distressed before the war in Ukraine. But this year, the sharp rise in food prices did not only lead to mounting protests, but also contributed to diminishing foreign exchange reserves, which ultimately led Sri Lanka to its first sovereign debt default in history just last month. Um, we looked at selected economies because of data availability and their net agri-food imports as a share of food consumption as well as their social risk index score. Um, we identified 11 larger uh, emerging markets that face a high risk of food-related unrest in the next few years. Sri Lanka is one of them, um, accompanied by Algeria, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Egypt, Jordan, Lebanon, Nigeria, Pakistan, the Philippines, Tunisia, and Turkey. These markets are all net food importers, and um, social risk is relatively high there. Russia also belongs to this group. Um, however, we do not expect social unrest to erupt there, uh, given the current geopolitical setting. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Patricia and Aurelia. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Maria. That's a wrap for Season 3 of the Tomorrow Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with brand new episodes after the summer break. But in the meantime, you can continue to find all our latest economic research on our website. That's allianz.com.